Hello and welcome to a brand new season of More. Join me and my guests as we read the second book in the Hunger Games series, Catching Fire. I'm super excited and I can't wait to read some more of the series. So let's get started, shall we? having me so sam has so graciously decided to join me for this podcast today and i'm so happy to have her because we're gonna read more of the hunger games oh. yeah she's supposed to come <laughs> on tuesday but then she has to do something so now she can come today um we're not very far you know i i doubt we're gonna finish by the end of the summer because of the pace we're going so that's not looking very good but um maybe i might do a few like one hour specials um, for those ones, I will not be listening to the audio. There's no chance of throw an hour of me talking. No, thank you. So, you know, you listen to all my little, and ooh, and uh, and all the awkward pauses, too, because I'm not, I'm not going through that. Maybe. We'll see. But yeah, anyway, we finished on, we're on page, um, where are we? We're on page 66, and him, and, uh, Pia's having a little tantrum. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. Pia's a little mad. A little Pia. Mad, because he's like, no one's listening to me. No one's listening to me. Peter's gotta calm down. Yeah, he's gotta calm down. So we're gonna read from page 66, like, one paragraph in. Whoa. Yeah, let's begin. You're always so reliably good, Peter, says Hamish. So smart about how you present yourself before the camera. I didn't want to disrupt that. Well, you overestimated me because I really screwed up today. What do you think is going to happen to Rue and Thrush's family? Do you think they'll get their share of our winning? Do you think I gave them a bright future? I think they'll be lucky if they survive the day. Peter sends something else fly. A statue. I've never seen him like this. He's right, Hey, I should say. We're not wrong not to tell him. Like, even back in the happy talk. Even in the arena, you two had some sort of system worked out, didn't you? Asked Peter. The work was quieter now. Something I wasn't a part of. No, not officially. I could just tell what Hamish wanted me to do, but what he sent or what he didn't send, I said. Well, I never had the opportunity because he never sent me anything until you showed up, says Peter. I hadn't thought about this. How much, how it have, how it must have looked from Peter's perspective when I appeared in the arena, having received bread medicine and bread when he, who was at death's door, had gotten nothing. I came to keep me alive at his expense. Look, boy, Hamish begins. Don't bother, Hamish. I know you had to choose one of us, and I wanted it to be hurt. But this is something else. That's something different. People are dead out there. More will follow unless we're very good. We all know I'm better than Katniss in front of cameras. No one needs to coach me on what to say, but I have to know what I'm walking into, says Peter. From now on, you'll be fully informed, Hamish promises. I better be, says Peter. He doesn't even look bothered to... He doesn't even bother looking before he leaves. The dust disrupted... The dust he disrupted builds up and looks for a new place to land. My hair, my eyes, my shiny gold pin. Did you choose me, Hamish? I ask. Yeah, he says. Why? You like him better, I say. That's true. Remember, until they change the rules, I can only hope to get one of you out of there alive, he says. Though I thought since he was turned to protect you, well, between the three of us, we might have been able to bring you home. Oh, that's all I can say. You see, the choices you'll have to make, if we survive this, says Hamish. You'll learn. Well, I've learned one thing today. This place is not a larger road than District 12. Our fences unguarded and really and rarely charged. Our peacekeepers are unwelcome, but less brutal. Our hardships evoke more fatigue than theory. Here in District 11, they suffer more acutely and feel more desperation. President Snow is right. A spark could be enough to set everything ablaze. Everything is happening too fast for me to process it. The warnings, the shootings, the recognition, I may have set something great of great consequence in motion. The whole thing is so improbable, and it would be only one thing if I had planned to stir things up. But given the circumstances, how on earth did I cause so much trouble? Well, we've got dinner to attend, says Hamish. 
I stand in the shower as long as they let me before I have to come out to be ready. Prep teams seem oblivious to events of today. They're all excited about the dinner. In the district, they're important enough to attend, whereas back at Capital, they almost never invite, or never score invitations to prestigious parties. While they try to predict what dishes will be served, I, I still keep seeing the old man's head being blown off. Dang! Okay, Katniss. You didn't need that. TMI. No, thank you. Girl. <laughs> Like, that's an issue, not an issue. So I know how to keep bringing that back up. Uh-oh. I don't even pay attention to what anyone is doing to me until I'm about to leave and I see myself in the mirror. A pale pink strapless dress brushes my shoes. My hair is pinned back from my face and falling down on my back in a shower of ringlets. Cinnabon opens up, I mean, comes up behind me and arranges a shimmering silver wrap around my shoulders. He catches my eye in the mirror. Like it? It's beautiful, as always, I say. Let's see how it looks with a smile, he says gently. It's, a remind, it's his reminder that a minute there'll be cameras again. I managed to raise that corner of my lips. There we go. Then we assemble to go down to dinner. I can see Effie is out of sorts. Surely Hamish hasn't told her about what happened at Square. I wouldn't be surprised if Cinnabon and Portia know, but there seems to be some unspoken agreement to leave Effie out of the bad news loop. Didn't take long to hear about the problem, though. Effie runs through the evening schedule and then tosses it aside. And then, thank goodness, we can all get to the train and get out of here, she says. Something wrong, Effie asks Cinnabon. I don't like the way being treated, being stuck into trains and buried from the platform. And then about an hour ago, I decided to look around the Justice Building, but I'm something of an expert in architectural design, you know, she says. Oh, yes, I've heard of that, says Portia, before she pauses, the pause gets too long. So I was just having a peek on District's ruins to, um, I was just having a peek because District ruins are all erased this year, when two peacekeepers showed up and ordered me back in the quarters. One of them actually poked me with her gun, says Effie. Poor Effie, she got poked with a gun. Oh, she said, get back. He said, you know, poked her with a gun. She's probably flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Flabbergasted because someone had the nerve to touch her with a gun. How dare they? How dare they? Not to Effie. No. <laughs> I can't help thinking this is a direct result of Haymitch, Peter, and me disappearing earlier in the day. It's a little reassuring. I actually think that Haymitch might have been right, and no one would have been watering the dusty dome when we walked, or we talked. Although I bet they are now. Effie looks so distressed that I spontaneously give her a hug. That's awful, Effie. Maybe we shouldn't go to dinner at all, at least until they apologize. I know she'll never agree to this, but she brightens considerably at the suggestion, at the validation of her complaint. No, I'll manage. It's part of my job to weather the ups and downs, and we can't let you two miss her dinner, she says. But thank you for the offer, Katniss. Effie arranges us in formation for our entrance. First the prep team, then her, then Stylus, Hamish, Peta, and me, and of course, bringing up the rear. Somewhere below, musicians began to play. At the first wave, our little procession begins down the steps. Peta and I join hands. Haman said I was wrong to yell at you. You were only operating under his instructions, says Peta. And it isn't as if I had been keeping things from you in the past. Remember the shock of hearing Peta's confession of love for me in front of all of Penam? Haman had known about that and not told me. I think I broke a few things myself after the interview. Just an urn, he says. And your hands. There's no point to it. Uh, there's no point to it anymore, though, is there? Not being sure of each other, I say, no point, says Peta. We stand at the top of the stairs, giving Hamish a 15-step lead as, Ebby, as Effie directed. Was that really the only time you kissed Gail? With no startled to answer, yes. With all that has happened today, a question actually had been preying on his mind. That's 15. Let's do it, he says. A light hits us, and I put on the most dazzling smile I can. We descend the steps and are sucking to what becomes an indistinguishable round of dinners, ceremonies, and train rides. Each day the same. Wake up, get dressed, ride through cheering crowd, listen to a speech in our honor, give a thank you speech in return. But only the one about the only the one capital gave us never any personal additions now. Sometimes a brief tour, a glimpse of the sea of in one district, towering forest another, ugly factories filled with wheat, sneaking uh refineries, dressed in the evening, attend dinner, train. 
Ooh, so they went to like, all the districts. Yeah. <laughs> district it's like a tumor. And there's like, everything else just like mished together. It's like Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh. She's like, thank you, everybody. And she just goes around. Bye. Does everything. <laughs> okay. That, that's a lot, honestly. I'd be tired, I think. I'd be so tired I'm of that. Pooped. I'd be done. I'd really go sleep for like a year. I would need like a month break in between all of them. I'm like with the quarter twelve, so they're all being mentored the quarter twelve. Yeah. Does that mean he would come retire from being a mentor? Or does he myself to be a mentor after? You're not gonna say anything? I can't say anything. For reference, Sam just made her eyes really big and looked like to the left, looked to the right, and looked at me. So she didn't <laughs> she just looked left, right, looked at me, and then she didn't say anything. So I have no idea. I'm just I'm just spouting stuff out as I always do. <laughs> so let's continue. During this, uh, during ceremonies, we are solemn and respectful, but always linked together by our hands, our arms. At dinner, we are borderline delirious for our love for each other. We kiss, we dance, we get caught trying to sneak away to be alone. On the train, we are partly miserable as we try to assess what effect we might be having. Even without our personal speeches to trigger dissent, needless to say, the Women Care District 11 were edited up for the event was broadcast. You can feel something in the air. The the rolling, the roll, the rolling, the roll, the rolling. The rolling boil of a pot are about to run over. Not everywhere. Some crowds have the weary cattle-fed feel that I know District 12 usually projects at the victor ceremonies. But others in particular, 8, 4, and 3, there are genuine elation at the face of the people, sight of me, and undulation fury. When I tell my name, it's more of a cry for vengeance than a cheer. Oh, did she kill people from District 4, 8, and 3? Cattle's cattle's from District 2, though, right? No, cattle. Yes. Yes. District 2. Yeah. Um, Glimmer District One, the Marvel District One too, and then there's the girl from District Four that she killed with the yeah. with the tracker jackers. But I know who from District Eight. Well, it's Glimmer. Oh, she Fox killed Face? Glimmer. What? No, Foxy's from five. Foxy's from five. And Foxy's eight berries. She ate berries. Yeah, but I don't. So why is District Eight bad? Why? Is, what, what theory does District Eight have? But she didn't kill him in District Eight. Cause she. Oh, that's where. Is that where Rue's? No, Rue's from eleven. Oh, right. Rue and Fetch from 11, and then there's Clockface from 5, Kato and Clove from 2, Marvel and Glimmer from 1, and then we don't talk about District 8, mostly. Like, yeah, you know? So I don't know who, why District 8 is mad. Or District 3. Should I look it up? Yeah, go ahead and look that up. Um, when the Peacekeepers move into quiet, move into quiet and are really crowded, it presses back inside instead of retreating. And I know there's nothing I could have done to change this. No show of love, however believable, will turn this tide. If I'm holding out in those berries with an act of temporary insanity, and these people will embrace insanity too. Cinnabon begins to take my clothes around the waist. The prep team frets over the circles under my eyes. Effie starts to give me pills to sleep, but they don't work. Uh-oh. Skipping insomnia. That's not great. Not well enough. I drift off only to be aroused by nightmares that have increased in numbers and intensity. Peter, who spends most of the night roaming the train, hears me screaming at as I struggle to break out of the haze of drugs that merely prolongs the horrible dreams. He manages to wake me and calm me down, then he climbs into bed to hold me until I fall back asleep. After that, I refuse the pills. But every night, I let him into my bed. We manage the darkness as we did in the arena, wrapping each other's arms, guarding against the danger that can ascend any moment. Nothing else happens, but our arrangement quickly becomes a subject of gossip on the train. When Effie brings it up to me, I think, good, maybe you'll get back to President Snow. Tell will make an effort to be more discreet, but we don't. The back-to-back appearances in 2 and 1 are our own kind of awful. Katsu and Clove, yeah, there we go. The chicken from District 2 might have both made it home if Pete and I hadn't. I personally killed the girl, uh, Glimmer, and the boy from District 1, which is Marvel. We'll never know his name in the book, I guess. 
Yeah. And I tried to avoid looking at his family. I hear, I oh oh there there it is. I hear his name was Marvel. There we go. Mm. Give me this. I have this all the time. I was like, oh yeah, his name's Marvel. We'll never know. And then like you hear it's Marvel. Like, oh. <laughs> Wait a second. Stop spoiling for yourself, Minay. I know, I know. I do this all the time. It's fine. Um, how did I ever know that? I suppose before the games, I didn't pay attention, and afterwards, I didn't want to know. By the time we reached the Capitol, we were desperate. We make endless appearances to adoring crowds. There is no danger of an uprising here among the privileged, among those whose names are never placed in the reaping ball, whose children never die for the supposed crimes committed generations ago. We don't need to convince anybody in the Capitol of our love, but hold on to the slim hope that we can still reach someone who failed to convince the districts. Whatever we, seems, uh, whatever we do seems too little too late. Back in our old quarters at the train center, I'm the one to suggest a public uh, marriage proposal. Uh, Katniss. You're 16. Girl. No, she's 17 now, I guess. She's 17 now? I guess technically she could get married if this, those laws still apply. So, like, I think in Canada, the laws are that you can uh, get married at 16 with the, uh, with the, with the, like, express consent of your parent. I believe, oh. like, your guardian can, like, say that you can get married at 16. Is that true? Is that true? In Alberta? In, Al- in Alberta. Um, yeah, and then I think it's a little bit younger if you're pregnant. Whoa! Really? Yeah, I'm fairly certain. I vaguely remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, then that's so pretty. And that's so pretty. For reference, oh, we're holding something it. nice in our hands. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't we'll know. I feel like Katie's right. I think Katie's right. That sounds right. That sounds right. If Katie's we're wrong, it's Katie's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Blame Katie. With all, if we're, all the facts are incorrect today. Katie's crying. We love you, Katie. <laughs> she's trying. Um, she's trying to fake cry right now. Katie's been trying for the whole summer to fake cry. Katie, don't hit me with that. Stop. <laughs> Katie, ow. Katie, don't do that. Don't be violent, Katie. Don't hold that thing menacing, <laughs> menacingly. Guys, I'm just kidding. Katie is just staring me down right now. Katie's I'm actually scared. She's frowning. Doing her little upset teacher face, you know. <laughs> like, Mademoiselle Katie. Um, practice it somehow. I bet. <laughs> yeah, right. Bye, Katie. We love you. <laughs> yep. Okay, but yeah, I think it's. I guess her mom would be like, sure. Okay. Well, she told her mom that what's happening. Probably not. Her probably mom probably. Her mom doesn't. Her mom's kind of an airhead. there. And like, not the best way, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. She has trauma mind. Mm-hmm. Which Candace would probably have more of a trauma mind. Yeah, but she's like only 16. Yeah. That's tough kid. Mm-hmm. Pete agrees to do it, but then disappears to his room for a long time. Hamish tells me to leave him alone. Thought he wanted it anyway, I say. No, like this, Hamish says. He wanted it to be real. He goes to the room and lines the covers, trying not to think of Gail and trying to think of something else. Mm. Ooh, it's giving... Triangle. Triangle. More like a splatline. Splatline. Like... <laughs> that night on the stage before the training center, we bubble our way through a list of questions. Caesar Flickerman in a sprinkling midnight blue suit. His hair lived his hair, eyelids, and lips still dyed powder blue. Flawlessly guides us through the interview. When he asks us about the future, Peter gets down on one knee, pours out his heart, and begs me to marry him. I, of course, accept. Caesar is beside himself. The capital audience is hysterical. Shaw to the crowd around Panam, around show a country beslotted? 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 I think Bes- so. Beslaughtered? Beslotted. Maybe there's no L. Besotted? Besotted? Bestowed? Bestowed? You know, sounds better. Bestowed. I'm just adding extra words, as I always do. I know bestowed is It's like B-S-O-T-T-E-D. Bestowed or bestowed? Maybe bestowed. Bestowed? No, bestowed? but like it, like the D. Bestowed. 
bestowed it. Like, oh proud, yeah, like show the country bestowed it with with happiness. Yeah, you know, and they look right. beside themselves, so happy or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yes. We are yeah. reading. We're gonna finish like oh, we're almost in this chapter, so we're gonna finish the chapter and then we're done for today. Boop, boop. So yeah, Brennan, you want to say something? Uh, for reference, Brennan just walked in. Brennan's here. So lots of batteries and locks. Yes, she loaded up. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's nice. President Snow gives him, uh, makes himself a surprise visit to congratulate us. He clasps Peter's hand and gives him an approving slap on the shoulder. He embraces me, enfolding me in the smell of blood and roses and plants a puffy kiss on my cheek. When he pulls back, his fingers digging into my arm, his face smiling into mine. Dear, read my eyes out. Ask my lips cap. Did I do it? Was it enough? Was giving everything over to you, keeping the game promising my Peta enough? The answer gives it almost imperishable, imperishable, impeccable, impeccable. No, it's like imperishable, impenetrable, impredictable. No, it's like imperceptible, imperceptible shake of his head. He's like, he's like. Mm-mm. You know, Mm-mm. so quick and fast. Quick and fast. He said no. He said no. What did he say? He said she asked like, "Oh, like was her?" She was kind of like this, kind of like, "Did I do it? Did I like? Was it enough? Was giving everything over to you, keeping up the rouge, like promising me to yeah. be enough?" And he's like, "He's like, no, no, it's not enough. Do more, more. How much more? I don't know. <laughs> we have the whole book to see, I guess. But the tour was like seventy pages, so it's yeah. like." Or even the rest of the book. What's the I don't know what's going to happen. He knew what's going to happen. Yeah, you just don't want to tell me. <laughs> okay. So, oh. Chapter five. Um, Sam has to go soon. I have to go. Uh, I'm going to read one page and then I'm going to I'm gonna stop for today. I'm going to pop the bubbles in the microphone. I think you can hear it sometimes. But Okay. We'll email, email. Give Madei fan email if you can hear this. Maybe. That's a good something, one. Something was picked up, so maybe okay. it was. Awesome. Let's see. That's my outro. That's your outro? Okay. Thanks, Sam. Like this. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Sam. We'll see you in the next one. It's so much fun. Thanks for, like, giving your so in-depth commentary. <laughs> we listened to that <laughs> deep today. Talk about the age to be married and all that stuff. Love that for you. All right. I shall keep going. Bye. In that one slight moment, I see the end of hope, the beginning of destruction of everything I hold dear in the world. I can't guess what form my country will take or how wide the net will be cast. When it's finished, there will most likely be nothing left. So you would think that in this moment, I would be left in utter despair. Here's what's strange. The main thing I feel is a sense of relief. I can give up this game, but the question of whether I can succeed in this venture has been answered. Even if that answer is a resounding no, that if desperate times call for desperate measures, then I am free to ask as desperately as I wish. Only not here. Not quite yet. It's essential to get back to District 12 because the main part of any plan will include my mother and sister, Gail and his family, and Peta, if I can get him to come with us. I had Hamish to live. Um, these are people I must take with me when I escape into the wild. I will convince them. Where will we go in the dead of winter? What it will take to evade, um, capture is an unanswered question, but at least now I know that I must do it. So instead of crumbling to the ground and weeping, I find myself standing up straighter and with more confidence than I have in weeks. My smile, while somewhat insane, is not forth. When the president of silence to the audience and says, What do you think about us throwing them a wedding right here in the Capitol? I pull off an almost girlish chaotic with joy. Uh, a girl almost chaotic with joy without a hitch. Oh my goodness. Okay, so 
We are one page into chapter six. We have a lot of stuff to read, but I believe we're gonna do it. Eventually, you know, we have time, kind of, so not really. But yeah, thanks for listening to us, uh, to us, to me today. All my guests are came in and said, hey, whatever. So yeah, we enjoyed it. We had fun. And I hope you're listening and you're having fun as well. So we'll see you in the next one. And thank you, everything. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, email me at morebookquestions at gmail.com. So see you next time. Bye.